Hello and welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. My name is Warren Shoot and I'm here today on my little self. On my little self? On my Todd. On my own. Just me and you listening to me. Um, the weather is glorious. The sun is out. It's nice and sunny. So I don't know what it's going to be like when you listen to this, whether it's tomorrow, next week, next month, or hopefully within the next 90 days at least, because I thought it would be appropriate to do a session on Brexit and particularly the no deal Brexit and the effects a no deal Brexit might have on your investment portfolio. So I've had lots of feedback from people that give me great praise and thanks of all the work that I've been doing on the money plan. Uh, but a couple of comments which have been inconsistent are, could you talk a bit more about investment? And so I take all your comments on board. I read every single one of them. And then I thought, what a great opportunity to coincide it with a potential no-do Brexit. So we have a new prime minister now, uh, Mr. Boris Johnson, who is committed to leaving the um, European Union um, by the... 31st of October, I think it was. So it's the next 90 days at least. Um, and I wanted to sort of sort of say to you, hey, how are you feeling? How are things going? Um, what might we expect the effect of this to be on our portfolio? Um, and sort of run through some things with you like that. So if that works for you, stay tuned to keep listening because uh, we're going to talk about investment and um, the effects for no deal Brexit. So first of all, where do we always start with investment? Is Number one is, what's our outcome? What's our purpose? Why are we investing? Why do you have money invested in the market? What is this money for? Is it for your retirement? Is it for university or school fees? Is it for a specific holiday or specific purchase of something? Is it to pay down a mortgage? Some of you might still have interest-only mortgages with ISA investments or something. Hopefully not endowments, but maybe ISAs. Um, so what's the outcome for this money? And then we look at time frame behind that. So if the outcome of this investment is a long term, so when I say long term, I mean seven years or more, then that's a sensible move to ride out any waves in the market. If you are looking at a purchase of some kind of investment, for, some kind of purchase uh, with this investment within the seven year period, say five to seven years or, or less than that, then really you should be reevaluating your situation and we only invest money for a period of seven years or longer we don't like to invest for a period of less than seven years certainly not less than five years there's that window between five and seven years that a more cautious investment portfolio might suit but anything less than five you really should be looking at cash so what's the outcome what time frame have we got um, so I'm working on the outcome. This is for that you know what your outcome of the money is, and we're working on a seven-year or more time frame horizon. Um, then we look at our asset allocation. Now, asset allocation is a fancy way of saying the mix of your investments. So let's say, for example, we're talking about your pension. When we open, remember, a pension isn't an investment. A pension is a wrapper. Same as an ISA is a wrapper. There aren't, they aren't investments, they're wrappers. An endowment is a wrapper. Um, so it's really important we get that clear in our head. They're accounts or wrappers. So when we look in this, when we open up this pension, have a look inside what's in there, we have in there our investments. So if you go online to your investment portal and open up the account and have a look on there, you open up the account wrapper and we see in there possibly one or more investments 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, without sounding patronizing, I did a presentation the other day and I, I said the same thing. An investment is an asset that produces something, typically a rental income or a profit. An investment is not a commodity that moves in line with speculation or supply and demand. So things like gold, oil are not investments. Currencies are not investments. Cryptocurrency, for goodness sake, is not an investment. It's a speculation on a commodity. Um, so we really want to see in there either bricks and mortar property, or we see property funds, or we see equity funds or bond funds. So equity means stock market, bonds meaning fixed interest loans to companies or governments, or that thing, that kind of thing, or a selection of a number of different things. So the asset allocation is the mix of equities and bonds for most of you at least. Now, depending on our risk profile, and that means depending on the level of risk we're willing to take with our money, um, depends on how much equity we'd have in there relative to how much cash or fixed interest we'd have in there. Because generally speaking, fixed income investments or fixed interest investments are lower risk than equities. There are exceptions to the rule, but this is a, a general education video, so I don't want to go into too much detail. And if you are willing or prepared to accept more risk with your money and therefore have a higher expectation of a return, you are more likely to have a higher allocation to equities. Okay. Now, a higher allocation of equities means that you will experience greater retracements, pullbacks in the market, and hopefully greater acceleration, so growth in the market during good times. A greater allocation to fixed income or fixed interest investments means you won't experience such great extremes, but a more consistent return, which often averages at a lower return. Okay, so one thing that's important to know is that if you were 100% allocated to the stock market, you would expect a greater average return over time than someone that was 100% allocated to fixed interest or fixed income. Okay. However, if you were 100% allocated to the stock market, you would expect a greater drawback or retracement, decline, fall, whatever term you'd like to use. I use retracement because it's typically a temporary thing. Um, a greater retracement in the stock market that retracement has historically been up to 50%. Now, it's important to know this. So when I do my uh, money plan presentations, I generally get everyone to stand up and I say, um, okay, if we've got £100,000 invested, and generally that's a sizable enough sum for most people. If you're listening to this and you're particularly wealthy, you might want to say, okay, if I've got a million pounds invested. If that money were to retrace 10%, it goes down to £90,000, how do you feel? If it goes down to £75,000, how do you feel? If it went down to £50,000, how do you feel? The reason I keep reiterating this, how do you feel, is because it's our emotions that drive our decision-making. And if we begin to feel uncomfortable when the money starts retracing down to £75,000 or £50,000, we are too heavily weighted to equities. We are too exposed to risk. Although we might want the returns, we're only going to get those returns if we stay invested in the market over the long term.
So individual years can uh, vary quite dramatically. You might have a couple of flat years for a period of time and then have an acceleration and where that great return is going to average out the flat years. But if we have those flat years and we stay, we come out of the market because we think, oh, it's not working, we lose that acceleration. It's time in the market that's going to reward us, not timing the market to try and jump in and jump out. And one way that we stay in the market is getting our asset allocation right, our risk right. So if a retracement in the market, so if we have £100,000 invested, if a retracement in the market down to £50,000 is going to worry you, and, you know, Carlton Table, that would concern me. I'm, an, I'm probably a sophisticated investor. I'm very, very well educated on investments. But to see my portfolio halve in value, that wouldn't sit right with me. I'm, I'm a human. I'm wide with my emotions then you need to dilute your risk with fixed income. And you dilute it to a level that the retracement would be palatable to you. You're never going to like it. You're never going to want your money to retrace any amount. But you're going to say, I expected this. I knew this might happen. And I'm going to weather this storm. I'm going to ride it out. So if 100% allocation to equities might retrace 50%, if you had 50% allocated to equities and 50% to fixed income, you might expect maybe a 25% retracement in the portfolio. Now, um, these percentages, if you're walking or running or sitting on a, uh, the underground or something, listen to this, um, can get a bit confusing. A great thing to do, we go to Lexo, lexo.co.uk. It's my online investment platform. There are 10 portfolios on there. Even if you decide not to invest via Lexo, it'd be great benchmark for you to say, oh, I see what you were saying. The 100% equity portfolio has a greater retracement, I think it's about 46%, 47%, um, which I think dates back to the 2007, 2008 financial crisis, um, than the 0% equity um, has hardly any retracement on there. So you can kind of see the difference. And what you want to do is you want to mirror your own portfolio asset allocation to something similar to that. So you're getting, you're taking as much risk as you feel comfortable with, but not too much risk that you will then come out of the market at an inappropriate time. Okay. So the three things that we've covered so far is what's my outcome? Why am I investing? You've got to have a reason to invest. There has to be a purpose behind taking the risk with your money for a greater reward. You've got to have a purpose behind that. And I would imagine for most of the listeners to this, it will be retirement. Then we have the term or the duration. And we know that seven years or more, we can invest in the stock market. Five to seven years, we might have a little bit in the stock market. We have accept some, some risk, but possibly not more than 20%. And then five years or less, it would be, well, actually, the stock market isn't for me because of this duration, I really need to um, use some kind of lower risk investments. And then we look at the asset allocation and the mix of our investments. And generally speaking, the two main that you, uh, asset classes you're going to hold are equities or stock market and then fixed income. I just want to talk about those a little bit more, um, but we've discussed that a 100% allocation to equities might give us a 50% retracement. And therefore, a 50% allocation to equities and a 50% allocation to fixed income will give us about a 25% retracement. But looking, first of all, at the management style, so how does the money get managed, whether you do it yourself or you pay a professional to do it or you use an index fund, 
Um, what I would say is doing it yourself is fun. Is it can be if you're interested in investing, it's interesting, it's good. But you're never gonna know more than a professional. I'm sorry. I know that might sound controversial. Some of you might be very well educated out there. Some of you might really understand accounts, um, but you're not going to going to know more than the accumulation, the amalgamation of all the investment minds out there that you're basically working against, you're beating against. Also, the information that's available to them. So, what I would say is, if you're going to do it yourself, it, because it's enjoyment why don't you work on like a, a core and satellite approach to so have a core managed portfolio and a satellite approach where you just maybe choose some things that you have enjoyment from. Um, I do recognize and acknowledge and appreciate that for some people buying individual securities or individual shares is something that they like to do. However, the amount of compelling research shows that it is very, very, very unlikely that you will outperform the market on a risk-adjusted basis. So um, do it with the knowledge that it's less like you're less likely to outperform the market. However, do it that on a core of satellites, you the bulk of your money is invested professionally, and you maybe take let's say ten percent or twenty percent of your money um, and just hold it in um, individual securities that you have thoroughly researched and you keep a track on. So that's do it yourself. Then we've got the argument between active management and index managed. So in other words, um, you pay a fund manager for him or her to manage your portfolio. That could be through an individual fund or it could be on a discretionary fund management basis where they look after the whole portfolio. Um, or you decide to choose an index fund through somebody like Vanguard or Dimensional Fund Advisors. Um, that's who we use on Lexo. Um, Again, the compelling research really does say that even the professionals struggle to consistently outperform the market. Um, there's some big names out there who still promote active fund management, um, but this, I want to say the intelligent money goes in index funds, goes to the index funds, and you get your additional return by adding tilts, so you, you maybe buy core of the, of the world market and then you might buy a little bit more in smaller companies or value companies, that kind of thing. But professional fund managers after charges really do struggle to beat the market. Now, this is probably, might be surprising for some of you to hear and it might be a story that many of you heard so many times that actually Warren, tell me something new that you know, we don't know yet. But for a lot of you, um, you might already be in actively managed funds where a fund manager, no one mentioned any names, but there's dozens of them out there, um, is buying and selling shares on your behalf, trying to beat the market. Those fund managers struggle to consistently beat the market after fees, so much so that the index guys tend to be winning most of the time now. And an index fund is simply where you just buy the whole market. Um, so there is a fund management group behind it. Because they're not buying and selling all the time, their fees are considerably lower, massively lower, um, and they just buy the whole market. And my money is in index funds. Lexo, which is our online investment platform, is in index funds um, or passive funds. And that's where I would suggest you look for 
a suitable investment solution using in index funds where you can. So I've, I've spoken about the three main investment styles, do it yourself, actively fund managing and index funds. And then um, I would just like to sort of touch on ge geography or geographic asset allocation, where to invest. Um, it's a global world now. Um, I'm speaking to you on a MacBook computer, which is owned by Apple, which is an American company. Um, you, you might use Microsoft software. You might watch Netflix TV. Um, America has such an influence in the world financially. It would be remiss, possibly foolish of you to exclude America in your portfolio and have what you call a home bias, just invest in the UK. So the Lexo portfolios and the portfolios I put together for my clients at Lexington Wealth are globally weighted um, and we, we weight it. In other words, we own more of countries that have a higher impact on the overall economy. So America, for example, has a greater asset allocation than even the UK or, or Germany or, or, or Japan. But if you go into an a international index fund, that's going to do it for you automatically. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and if you chose any of the portfolios on Lexo, you don't have to worry about that. It will do it automatically for you. Okay. But what you've got to know is you invest globally. Oh, this kind of brings me on back on track to Brexit because I kind of want to keep bringing it back into Brexit. Um, and there's a reason why I've explained all that. The One of the concerns with Brexit, and we're experiencing it right now, um, is the weakness of sterling, okay? So against the dollar and against the euro. And what that simply means is, um, I'm gonna use figures that aren't completely accurate, but I think it will get the message across, and that's my intention here. Um, if we have uh, uh, an exchange rate of one pound to one dollar, for example, or one pound to two dollars would be a better example, one pound to two dollars, um, when we're investing, our one pound buys two dollars worth of investments. If the dollar strengthens or if, if, if sterling weakens and we get more to like a one-to-one -one relationship, we can then, we have actually benefited by that relationship because we've now got $200 um, and for every $1, we get a pound. So we've actually doubled our money coming back the other way. So when we hold assets overseas and the currency, our currency weakens, we actually benefit from that relationship. And it's this that I really want to try to emphasize that the importance of investing globally and not just in the UK. And particularly if you are saving for retirement, investing regularly, what we call pound cost averaging, so putting money into the market on the same date every month and investing that money every month. So it's consistently investing in the market and not trying to time the market and saying, well, it looks a little bit wobbly out there right now because of Brexit. I'm going to like hold back and allow things to accumulate in cash and then buy uh, once I know everything's settled down. Um, I'm, 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 this isn't a political thing whatsoever, um, but when the Brexit referendum was announced, the markets plummeted quite rapidly over a course of a few hours. And then soon as the US bell opened at around about 2, 2.30 in the afternoon, the markets rebounded, started rallying, and then they shot off. And since the Brexit referendum, the markets are up considerably 
both in the UK and around the world. Everybody said in the run-up to the Brexit referendum it was going to be terrible news. Everybody is saying in the run-up to a potential no-deal Brexit in 90 days' time, it's going to be terrible news. What I'm telling you is I don't know whether it will be ter terrible or not, and neither do they. When everyone's talking about the future, they're giving you their opinion on what they think will happen. Um, the Governor of the Bank of England said that the property market will crash on um, when we uh, had the Brexit referendum. The last three years, okay, the market has plateaued. I, I acknowledge that. Um, and in some areas of the country, the market's not recovered from the financial crisis. But I'm not convinced that's because of Brexit. There was lots of work done around stamp duty and first-time buyers and things like that. So in having second properties, I think that's had a big impact. But the stock market has done tremendously well. I don't know what's going to happen after the um, 31st of October, whether the market will go into a um, re correction phase where it will retrace or whether it will skyrocket because of whatever news that it thinks is going to happen. And neither do you, and if I'm honest, neither do they. They'll give you their opinion on it, but they don't know. But what research has told us is if you stick to the rules, you know your outcome, you've got seven years or more, you're investing consistently, you're taking as much risk as you feel comfortable with, i.e. 100% equity down, say 50% equity or so, and you're investing globally, you're investing in global index funds, and you're um, uh, doing the right thing with your asset allocation, so you're choosing the right portfolio, et cetera, um, you will weather the storm. You'll be fine. You'll weather the storm. I'm going to say you'll be fine. I want to say you're fine. Um, you'll be fine if you get your asset allocation right. That's the key thing because it will go down at some point, whether it's a no-deal Brexit, Brexit that's causing it to go down or whether it's an awful terrorist attack or whether it's a, a, a mounting of corporate debt or whether whatever it might be. We've had a tremendous run in the stock market now pretty much since the 2008, okay, which is when we were coming out of the financial crisis. There is very likely to be a breather in the market at some point. The thing is, I don't know, you don't know, they don't know, but I'm, the way they talk is they don't think they don't know or they think they know, whatever it might be. Um, and what I want you to do is, is filter out that noise and just say, I have an investment strategy. My investment strategy is to allocate X to the stock market. My investment strategy says I'm going to invest globally, not just in the UK. My investment strategy says I'm going to keep my fees to a minimum because I keep more of the return and I'm going to invest in index funds. And my investment strategy says every single month, no matter what, I'm just going to invest monthly into the stock market. Now, what we've concluded is in the next 90 days from this talk, at least, when the potential no-deal Brexit or hopefully a deal Brexit comes to fruition, we don't know what's going to happen on the other side of the stock market. Okay, we've agreed that we don't know. But because we're investing for seven years and because we've done all our checks, we're okay to stay investing because historically, going back to, I don't know, 30 years, I think, the stock market's average, the global market's average about 9% return a year. And that is a great return for anyone. 9% return a year. And all I would say is you only get that average return 
when you stay invested in the market. Because remember, there are going to be some lean periods and there are going to be some really high periods. And it's often during those lean periods where we say, oh, I'm going to change my strategy. This isn't working. That guy, Warren, seemed to know what he was talking about at the time, but he obviously doesn't know things are different this time. And that's a great phrase that we often hear. It's different this time. You come out of the market, you change your strategy, you do something different, whatever's the flavor of the month at that time, and then you see the markets take off. And you think, oh, oh, I'm going to get back in. Oh, oh, no, it's gone up a bit. I'll wait. And you actually sit on the sideline and you lose the return. The strategy is staying in the market, keeping your portfolio diversified, and staying pound cash averaging. Okay. Then comes the market retracement, whenever this might be. So the markets pull back. And the markets start pulling back on a consistent basis. One thing you can do to weight the portfolio in your favor is to start buying more into the market. And you can either do that by allocating new capital, so buying into your portfolio, or you can start slowly moving your capital from your fixed income investments into your equity investments. So as the portfolio drops down, the equity portion is gonna become a smaller percentage. So let's say you're a 50-50 investment allocation and the equity portion has fallen, Therefore, the fixed income investment becomes a greater percentage. So you might now be at 75 fixed interest, 25% equity. You start slowly bringing that fixed income investment down and buying equity. It's called rebalancing. And you rebalance your portfolio. You're always keeping your um, asset allocation to your liking, to your desire. And what that's actually doing is it's buying more equity on the way down, more stock market, so when the markets recover, which is very, very likely, when the markets recover, you will be able to take advantage of that and then enjoy the ride back up. So we've covered quite a lot there. I hope it is the kind of investment knowledge and information you are looking for. I'm just going to recap what we've discussed and then point you in the direction of a couple of websites to have a look at. So first of all, before you invest, or if you are investing now, you need to decide what is the outcome? Why am I investing? And if you think back, that's step one of the money plan. What's your outcome? You need to make sure that you are um, getting your asset allocation. Sorry, go back on stage. Make sure you get your time right. So you, seven years or more, that's fine. We can be in the market. Five to seven years, really only a little bit in the market if you must. Less than five years, let's stick to cash or cash equivalents. Then we get that asset allocation right. How much risk can we take? How much can it fall before it begins to make me feel uncomfortable or potentially before it affects my lifestyle? So we need to get the asset allocation right. Remember, 100% stock market, potentially it can fall by 50%. Therefore, 50% stock market is going to fall by about 25%. And obviously, there's percentage changes in there. Have a look and see which one suits you best. Then decide on when you've got your asset allocation then decide on your um, investment management style. Do it yourself, DIY, managed funds, more expensive, higher risk, I think, because you're betting on an individual to perform, or my preferred option, gold standard, index funds, lower fees, capturing as much of the return and banking yourself. Okay? Um, get that sort of, that allocation right, and then, rebalance 
making sure that your mix, if you're 50-50, making sure that 50-50 stays about 50-50. And I would probably say check in maybe once a year to make sure that's right. I wouldn't worry too much about the nuances throughout the year. Um, there's going to be fluctuations times. But if we experience significant drops in the market, that might be a great opportunity for you to rebalance that portfolio so that the equity portion's dropped, you can sell some of the fixed income and buy some equity or even buy in more yourself as it goes down. Okay, so a couple of things to point you in the direction of. Um, on the warrenshoot.com website, under the shop, there is a Finometrica risk profile questionnaire. This is a psychometric risk profile questionnaire that, if I'm honest, probably most of the best wealth management firms in the UK use. Um, you can do your own online. There's a fee for it. I think it's about £10. It's fairly inexpensive. We've significantly dropped the price recently to try and encourage more people to do it. Um, I think, if I'm honest, because we are concerned about you know how the market is, I'm not focused whatsoever on the Brexit and the effects of that on the market. What I'm focusing on is um, it, we've been in a 10-year-plus bull market, and therefore, there are cycles. There are seasons in the stock market. Um, so although I'm not timing anything, I'm making sure that the asset allocation is right. So go to warranty.com, go to the uh, shop. There's a Finometrical risk profile on there. It's cost £10. It's a good buy, uh, and I think it would be great for you to do that. Also, take a look at Lexo. So lexo.co.uk. Um, if it's not already been done, we're going to reduce the minimum investment on there to £10,000 as well to try and encourage even more people to use it. So it has some very good experiences. I think initially we needed to keep the minimum. I think when I first started, it was around about 50,000 pounds as a minimum. Um, and then it dropped down to 20 and we've just dropped it down to 10. It's really just getting critical mass um, on the platform for um, users to make sure it's cost effective um, to use. But there are 10 portfolios on there. We are gonna be adding some more portfolios on there as well. Uh, but there are 10 portfolios on there at the moment. And you can see how they performed in the past in there. Um, average returns, their losses, and that kind of thing, and to give you some kind of gauge of gauge of how much risk you need to take. And on Lexo, you can hold a um, a general account, which is a taxable account, um, but is open ended. You can put as much money in there as you wish. You can hold an ISA, which has a limit of twenty thousand pounds, and you can also transfer in um, ISAs, either cash or stock market ISAs, uh, stock shares ISAs from other providers. And you can also do um, a pension, a personal pension. Um, and you, you're limited by your maximums there, 100% of your salary up to £40,000, unless you're affected by the tapering allowance uh, for people earning high incomes. Um, you can also transfer um, pensions in from other providers, not defined benefit, only personal pensions, uh, but there is a small fee for that because that's done on an advised basis because of the research that we need to do. Um, we will be adding the lifetime ISA to that site as well in due course, um, the Lifetime ISA is available for people 18 to 40 um, using the money primarily to buy their first home, but also can be used for retirement. Uh, it's a great vehicle, £4,000 with a 25% bonus so from the government. So um, that's, that's a fantastic thing. That will be added um, in due course. It can be done now. So if you really, really do want it, um, let us know and we can actually arrange it for you. Um, whistle stop tour. Last 30 minutes have been on investing, the asset allocation, the process. Uh, the time. Brexit is a date in the diary. We're going to have lots of them in the future. Get your asset allocation right, get your purpose behind the m money right, um, and everything else will take care of itself. My name's Warren Shute. You've been listening to Financial Education for the Nation. Um, I run the website warrenshute.com. If you haven't visited it, please go and check it out. Sign up for our uh, money planner 
which comes out every Friday and you get a summary of all the things that have been going on. Um, thank you so much for everyone who gives me the prompts of what you'd like me to talk about. It makes my life a lot easier. And um, if you have had successes with The Money Planet, so many of you have, please let me know. Drop me a line. We have now a Hall of Fame. It might not be up, up, up yet. We're creating a Hall of Fame of all the success stories of all the people that sort of let us know how things are going. It's wonderful. And it's nice. It, do it. If, if you don't do it for yourself, do it for other people. Because when other people look at it, they will be inspired to say, actually, this stuff works. This stuff works. I can see all the, you're like me. I, I, I see that. Your situation isn't too dissimilar to mine. I can see it works. So um, you know, share your story. Share the information that you're willing to share. That's all I say. I'll put it up there. And between us, we'll get a community that will um, get ourselves out of debt, will secure our retirement, our future. Uh, but more importantly, we'll live for today and enjoy today. Um, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, enjoy the lovely weather we're having. And I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.